Hear that? That's the sound of someone trying to steal your crypto. Every day, thousands of hackers online are doing the same. That's why Arculus uses air-gapped cold storage technology to protect your assets. Using our keycard and wallet app to form a protective barrier, Arculus insulates you from hackers and puts control of your digital assets back in your hands. Order the first truly air-gapped crypto wallet at GetArculus.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Promenade Media Group's first ever Europe briefing. My name is Megan Cohen, and I'm your Promenade Europe correspondent. This will also be the very first Promenade briefing. Our goal is to report the news in a fact-based, engaging, informative, and short way, and we will do our best to achieve that. So first, let's go through some rapid-fire headlines. Slovenia joined the anti-Huawei ranks of the Czech Republic and Poland after signing a deal with Secretary of State Mike Pompeo to disallow non-trusted suppliers of 5G technology. President Macron pledged to increase France's military presence in the Mediterranean Sea to block Turkish aggression against Greece and defuse maritime tensions between the two countries. For more information on this issue and the background behind it, go check out today's Promenade Middle East Briefing, which, funny enough, is also hosted by yours truly. Domestically, a fire broke out at the Esalam Mosque in Lyon. Although luckily no one was present at the location when the blaze occurred, there was damage to the building. An investigation is now underway. Lithuania also placed a 10-year ban on foreigners associated with terrorist organization Hezbollah from entering the country. And now, a COVID-19 update from Europe. France, Holland, Monaco, and Malta were added to the UK quarantine list due to infection surges in the aforementioned countries. This means that if a UK resident travels to one of those nations, they must quarantine for two weeks upon their arrival home. In the past few weeks, Spain, Greece, Germany, and France have all seen upticks in the virus. Many of these governments have actually reintroduced travel restrictions to an extent, especially because the average age of those who are getting the virus has dropped. And finally, we'll talk about two countries in particular who are protesting corruption in their governments, Bulgaria and Belarus. Anti-government protests in Bulgaria have now entered their 38th day. Protesters are demanding the resignation of the government, and the demonstrations originally began when security officers stormed the home of President Rumen Radev on July 7th. President Radev has been very vocal against corruption in the ruling party and has specifically accused Prime Minister Borisov of having ties to oligarchs. Much of his staff were also detained for questioning that night. The protests turned violent only a few days later when clashes with the police resulted in injuries on both sides and 18 arrests. So then protesters called for an end to police brutality as well as corruption and changes in the justice system. Currently, the protests mainly consist of shutting down access to key roads in big cities and, get this, throwing eggs and tomatoes at government officials leaving parliament. Let's talk Belarus now. Currently, protests have erupted throughout the country in response to a disputed election. In attempts to disperse them, police have used tear gas, flashbang grenades, and rubber bullets. They are targeting journalists specifically, confiscating memory cards from those with cameras. Eyewitnesses have overheard blasts throughout the capital. At least two protesters have died, one allegedly because an explosive they were trying to throw at the police detonated early, and the other in police custody. Since Sunday, 6,700 people alone have been detained. Protesters have used an encrypted messaging channel on Nexta on Telegram to testify to their injuries and harrowing experiences and have claimed to hear people getting beaten. Now let's take a look back on why these protests are occurring. 
Since 1994, Belarus has had the exact same president, Alexander Lukashenko. Dubbed Europe's last dictator, he has been routinely criticized for a dismal record on human rights. In fact, Belarus under Lukashenko has a Freedom House score of 19 out of 100. Kind of a side note, but still related to Lukashenko's rejection of Western values, apparently including life and health, he told Belarusians to fight COVID-19 by drinking vodka and going to a sauna before contracting COVID himself. On August 9th, Belarus held elections in which President Lukashenko sought his sixth term in office. The presidential race was not exactly the pinnacle of fairness either. The three opposition candidates were barred from running and either forced to flee the country or detained. I mean, one of the candidates actually fled to Russia. Can you imagine how bad it has to be for Russia to be where you flee to for relative political freedom? After the detainment of her husband, who was or at least should have been a candidate, Svetlana... Tsikhanouskaya, I think, took over his campaign. Her goal was essentially to win and then hold fair elections. The results of Sunday's vote was, shockingly, a landslide victory for Lukashenko, who won 80% of the vote. There's just a small problem with that. Belarus doesn't have any independent polling stations. So protests broke out as a result of this, quote, victory for Lukashenko. Meanwhile, a video of Tsikhanouskaya Telling people to stay off the streets and accept Lukashenko as president raised some concerns that she was under duress. Euronews did some digging on YouTube and actually found out that the video was probably filmed in a Belarusian government office. Since then, the former candidate has fled to Lithuania, where she is now calling for the continuation of protests and demanding a recount. She did blame authorities for creating a bloodbath. The response from Europe has been mixed. Lithuania's foreign minister said doing nothing is not an option and confirmed that Sikonovskaya is in Lithuania right now and also had been kept in detention for around seven hours back in Belarus. In a nice example of comedic irony, it was actually Hungary's foreign minister, a country with widespread press suppression, issues of political intimidation itself, and a historically close relationship with Lukashenko, who called on the EU to pursue dialogue with Belarus. Earlier today, the president of the European Commission, Ursula von der Leyen, called for sanctions against Belarus. So what can we do to promote political freedoms in this Eastern European country? The West, both politicians and civilians, needs to be more vocal against Lukashenko. I hope this little briefing was a good rundown, but do more research if this is a cause that resonates with you and educate others. Furthermore, there are petitions circulating for U.S. and U.K. citizens to demand a better response from our governments. I posted these on my Twitter at PromMegan, so make sure to check that out. Lastly, U.S. citizens, you can call your senators and representatives to put the Belarusian question on the map here, too. This especially applies if your senator or rep is on a committee that deals with foreign relations, and a link to find out who your local government officials are is also included in our tweet. And finally, remember how Russia claims to have made the world's first successful COVID vaccine? They actually offered it to the United States. And of course, we accepted the great Vladimir Putin's help and will be distributing their vaccination shortly. Just kidding. We flat out said no, obviously. And one U.S. health official actually said, and I quote, there is no way in hell the U.S. tries this on monkeys, let alone people. But honestly, the most devastating effect that this vaccine has had is that it allowed for a Facebook page called at for Vladimir Putin with periods between for and Vladimir and Vladimir and Putin to create and then post an image of Putin shirtless riding a bear with a vaccine strapped to his back on Facebook. If you want to feel the urge to gouge your eyes out, you can see this image on our Instagram at Promenade Media or on that Facebook page. 
With that, once again, my name is Megan Cohen, and I'm your Promenade Europe correspondent. This was the inaugural briefing on Friday, August 14th of the infamous year 2020. If you want to hear more from me, please go check out the Promenade Middle East briefing, which is also posted on our channel. And if you're tired of me for today, then I hope you have a fantastic Friday and weekend, and I will speak to you on Monday morning with the first ever weekend briefing.